0: Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds.
1: Uh, I hope some people on here are new. And if you've just found this channel and you're not really sure what this is, my name is C.J. Reynolds. I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. And the idea here is to create content online. That is helping teachers be the teachers they always dreamed of being. And if you are stuck, if it's Sunday night and you're freaking out about your your day tomorrow or your week this week or whatever is going on in your classroom in your life, we're trying to create a safe space for you to come and like ask questions and get some like real quick answers. So a couple of things you should know is it's not just me. If you're brand new here, you can ask me a question. I try and get through as many as I can but you're going to get answers from all these beautiful people that are in the, uh, beautiful That was a weird way to put it. I feel like John legend. Um, all these folks that are in the, in the comment section here and they will connect with you. They'll ask you questions. They'll, you know, it's just, it's a great place to come and get and feel connected. Uh, because we are, this is the odd group of teachers that show up on a Sunday night when they don't, most teachers are trying to like, not really think about school. We are here really thinking about school. So, we're doing that. And then um, if this isn't enough for you, there's almost 400 videos on YouTube right now. There's also a Facebook group called Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk. Um, I do mentoring. If you go to my website, you can sign up for mentoring and prices and availability are on there for that. Um, everything else is free. That's the only thing you have to sort of pay for because it it's my time away from the family. And well, I, don't, I think my son would get mad if I didn't charge for it. But the, and then my book comes out, uh, think the end of this month it's looking like it's on track to actually come out we're going to do a pre-sale and during the pre-sale people that pre-order will be able to get certain stuff and I'm going to wait to like announce that I said that last week also but I'm going to wait to announce that um and that's it and then um I have a giveaway that I want to do tonight and I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to give this away but my friend Colby Sharp and his friend uh made this book called Game Changer and they sent this to me a long time ago and I just haven't had a like like a like I I don't do giveaways on my on my channel really but like because I I don't I don't want to like rope people in because I'm like giving stuff away so that's probably all, all my own stuff but I will say that the idea of like just giving something away like I'm gonna we're gonna give this away by the end of the night um and it's a book about how to get your kids to read how to rethink reading in your classroom and how we go from uh like a like a The world in in education where we have like these book deserts in our schools or librarians are sort of like sometimes like the uh the gatekeepers to to letting kids get books to this book really allowing students to like really get into reading and so Kobe sharp is an awesome awesome guy he has a youtube channel and he's written a lot of really interesting books another book that he has that i own is called creativity project that's really worth your time so i'm going to give this away by the end of the night but the way for life is back. So we'll figure it out how we're gonna give this away. I'm not sure how we're gonna do it. Um, So yeah, let's jump into it. Ask questions, put them in the side. If you put question first, or if you put Q first, then that just helps us to identify your question. Um, And not as always, but I'm going to try to do these as quickly as possible because I can get through more questions that way. So um, yeah, does that sound good?
0: It sounds
1: great my what just so you know when, when i'm doing this the not so secret wife over here is uh goes like this if i'm going on too long about something because sometimes <laughs> i'm just sometimes i'm just feeling the fire and i want to just jump into it are you ready uh,
0: i like literally just sat down hold
1: on all right i can wait i'm doing this on my phone too I, can, I know, the I new understand. youtube studio because the new youtube studio they won't let me do it in classic studio not know how to use the new one yet
0: i think you better learn yeah I have finally to, like, we have
1: to like watch a video or something because it said it's going away this month so that's going to be problematic oh. so okay. we'll figure it out all right um winter is asking first of all can we just acknowledge i keep looking at the wrong camera i'm looking up there um can we just acknowledge the fact that winter is on here like every weekend and just wants to be the best teacher i love it thank you um, I hate grading papers. What are your tips for getting it done quickly? Well, Winter, lucky for you, I have a video on that on YouTube where I talk about how like quick tips. I think one is streamline stuff. Don't grade for everything, especially if you're grading essays or something like that. Grade for like a few things that you're looking for in that particular text and if I have like Let's say I'm graded study guides and there's 20 questions. I only grade like 10 of them because I just figure like if you got those 10 right, then it's probably all right. And we're like, it's not like the kids didn't learn. Um, so I don't check for everything all the time or I go for quality over quantity. So like maybe there's a study guide that I'm giving out or I'm checking for understanding and I'm asking five questions instead of 30 questions, which I used to do because I thought that looked more academically rigorous. And instead I'm just asking shorter, more thought provoking questions um the other thing is things like zip grader or i don't, I don't even know that's the one i use and it's just because it's free for the first couple of them but uh it's not because i like am sponsored or something but they have like apps that you can grade stuff with if it's multiple choice that helps you a lot too or having students either grade each other stuff or grade uh, like have having someone grade your students work is really a good use of time also and then that kind of gets you out of that and so i have a kid that comes in at the end of the day i have two different students and i give extra credit if you do it because you're putting you're participating in class and you're also sort of reviewing the work as well when you're doing it unless it's multiple choice and then you're just looking at letters but you know it's just a good it's a good way to to kind of get it done and and get it done fast is today
0: unicorn's birthday
1: uh no i think she was saying the book is coming out for her birthday. Um. Let's let's message her later about that. Okay. All right. Um, nice. If you could it's make right a note, me. I
0: will. I got, uh, it. I got it in my noodle. Thank
1: you. We know when we both put things in our noodle, they don't stay. <laughs> I know. That is not a place. That is a place where dreams go to sleep.
0: Um, <laughs> Unless we write it on paper.
1: Marina is asking how to be objective while grading papers. Uh, I, I, you know what I do? I don't look at people's names. I don't look at their names first. So if I'm grading a test or a quiz. I just grade for the answer because you find that you start being nicer to kids that are nice and meaner to kids that are mean. And so I just purposely don't look at their paper or or their name on their paper. Um, if that's too difficult, then like have them write their name on the back of the paper or something like that. And, and so that helps me to not come down so hard on kids that don't deserve it. And to be a little bit more strict with students that are just like nice kids. Um, and yeah, that's how you don't run that. Who? John. Uh, John Lopez. Will the book come with eyeball
0: stickers? That's a great idea. Dude. It should. If we can figure out how to get Amazon to ship you eyeball stickers with your yeah. book purchase, we're gonna, uh, well, we would do it. We're
1: going to sell eyeball stickers. So like when the book comes out, there's a bunch of stuff in the book that I talk about that I want to make sure people have access to. So some of that stuff will be free on the website. So like, and if you go to my website now, like real there are several things that are free, like my seating charts on there. And like things I talk about in videos that just are free on there. And then there will be products that will either be free or you could buy them that that'll be on there as well. So the, can I talk about one or two of this? Yeah. Hand on a stick, which is, if you've not seen this, I have a whole bunch of these hands on a stick. Um, and this is what I use to collect papers in class or to give high fives. Or did I pat kids on the head, which makes people feel weird? Did you move <laughs> over so that people can see me patting? No, because my
0: hair is a mess and so, I didn't get a shower today.
1: Um, and so these will—we're having—I had a limited run of these made, and I like some of them turned out good and some of them didn't. Like they got these spots on them and they're a little bit jacked
0: up and stuff. They weren't up is, to our quality. But, that we but the
1: funny thing is, is like that's kind of how I roll anyway. I'm fast I and getting them out. No, you're you like. I don't like um,
0: perfect. I want people to you get what you pay for. That's like, fair enough.
1: I mean, we were looking at couches today, so yeah. And I think that was the truth there. But um, hands-on a stick are going to get made uh, by a friend of mine, and then those will be for sale, and they'll be in gold and hot pink. So stickers, all that to say, like eyeball stickers, bubble
0: microphones. Bubble
1: microphones we're trying to get, but we those they don't sell anywhere anymore.
0: No, oh, I
1: found them. Yeah, but we found we have to buy like a boatload of them from China. I feel like that okay. scene from Batman Begins when he orders like. A whole bunch of the masks so people don't know. <laughs> but then we have to customize them and stuff, too. Like, we have to label them and paint them and stuff like that. So, all that stuff will be available on the website when the book comes out. Yeah.
0: Oh, sorry. I was
1: not... You were too wrapped up in what I was saying.
0: Oh, here you go. Got Ruth. it. <laughs> my buddy Ruth.
1: Diary of a mad black teacher. Um, that's my buddy Ruth. She's lit from the Chicago area. So, I had to resign from my job. Oh, all right. Um... I was too hot. It was too hard. And I was moving in the traditional public school system. And I'm moving into the traditional public school system in Detroit. I'm worried and nervous. And I need to, I need union protection, any advice. So, um, gosh, I don't, I don't know what that's like. I mean, I only know what I hear about Detroit and it's probably the same that I hear about, I don't know, people hear about Philly. So I don't know like what schools look like. I don't know like what, people that are teaching there are into or like how they plan on staying or if they stay or what the turnaround and stuff is, is, but this, here's, here's a piece of advice that I've been thinking about. Um, and I heard someone kind of speak to this today. You got into education for some reason, right? Whatever that was. And when you got into education, you felt like you were uniquely qualified. Um, to do something, right? Like whether you it was like getting along with young people or it was uh, your, your ability to like, to look at content and break it into, into something that is understandable, or you felt like moved to help a particular community of individuals in, in education. I think we forget that. We as teachers get chewed up in the educational machine too. And we become homogenized in this machine that is trying to make us cogs in a machine right and so when that happens we start playing to into the machine we start playing into the game that we are a part of instead of sort of like saying no and like putting your fist in the air and saying no like i'm not going to do that and that sometimes gets us in trouble sometimes gets you pushed back from someone sometimes gets other teachers not to really like you because you're being too loud or too fun or too creative, or you're making people look at themselves and, and you're hurting their own feelings. That being said, I think there's something to say for remembering why you got into it. And I think when we can tap back into that and remember, like, why we got into something to begin with, what what got us there, and, and knowing that, like, we have a gift. Like, if you're educating people, you like, if you if you if you didn't get into this and have some level of a gift as to like some god-given ability to connect with young people to do whatever it is um then if you have that gift then i need you to remember that gift and hone that gift and hold on to that gift because that's something that can't be learned it's something that can only be sort of placed on you i think that not all things can be like it's this intuitiveness that 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 exists in us and so sometimes i think we forget that stuff and I think that's worth tapping into. And so that would be my advice is to like, remember why you got into this to begin with. Stop thinking about like, like just don't, I, that sounded really rude, but like, I don't, I'd I rather you think about that than think about how you're going to fit into the system. And instead think about like how you're going to, to take care of young people. How you're going to shine light into the darkness of other of classrooms, into school communities and bring help parents out, um, help be a part of the community instead of like like railing against this thing that's so difficult. Because, look, I mean, students have been chewed up in the communities as well for for ages. And so it's it's about fighting through that and, and trying to be uh, a light in the darkness. And so that, that's what I would that's what I'm thinking about there. You said
0: Chicago. She's from Detroit.
1: Yeah, uh, because we met her in Chicago. That's why I forgot, because um, she drove down from Chicago. I I was thinking of that as I was speaking. Joanne Markov is asking, what do you do when students uh, miss group projects, discussion activities, like Socratic seminar? We have one coming up this week, but so many students leave for spring break early. Um, I would either give them an alternative assignment that they can do over break if they're going to miss it um, and say, look, like, I don't, I don't like giving work over break. I think break is a break, but if you're leaving early and you're missing something important, then I would, that's what I would do. Or exempt them from the grade, like they just weren't there. And so if it's not really gonna hurt their grade a lot, it's like having that conversation with them, letting them know that they're missing something um, or give it to them early. Say like, hey, look, this week, I got a number of people that are leaving early. I'm going to give you this alternative assignment. And then when those folks leave, like, this is, this is what we're going to have. So if you're going to leave before we have the Socratic seminar, then please, uh, do me a favor and and make sure you get this other work. This pad is bothering me this evening. It's my old man butt pad that I sit on in here. Uh, and it makes me a little taller. Uh, Kevin, are we using the tablet right now?
0: Yeah. It's only 10%. Um, we have
1: my. Oh, you could use this too, dude.
0: I can't, cause then my hands. are. Like, can in I the put way?
1: the? I can put the thing on this, John. Oh
0: yeah. Let's try. Sorry, momentary. Uh,
1: momentary.
0: Interruption.
1: Interruption. Watch that plug doesn't come out, John.
0: Thank you.
1: Oh. Well, Now I look like I'm looking at the ceiling. No, that's not too bad.
0: Okay. Babe, Sorry, we are. Everybody. We are
1: a. We are a crack team.
0: Well, if you would just learn how to use YouTube, we wouldn't have this issue. <laughs> I just came right re- up in front of everybody. <laughs>
1: Uh, so look, real quick, <clears throat> how do you want to give this book away? I need to answer that question that was on there too.
0: Oh, now it's lost.
1: No, it's not. We can find it. She uh. needs an answer. Is it on? Oh snap! Is it right there? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Kevin Lynn. Um, while I'm answering Kevin Lynn, think about how we're going to yeah. give it that away. Kevin Lynn's asking, "Hey Browns, what does working credential programs consist of? What does work in credential programs consist of?" Kevin, I'm not sure what that is. Wait, you're is that like, can you, can you flush that out a little bit? Like tell me what that is and then I can, I'd be sure to, to answer for you. I'll look for it. Um, you keep thinking. I'm gonna look at this. Catherine is asking how to best teach students who have severe ADHD. So Catherine, I think, I think the first thing that I do with kids that like have anger issues or ADHD or, or whatever they're dealing with is letting kids know that it's okay, like again. Like, it's not, it's not the end of the world. I don't want you to think you're a weirdo. Um, the older I get, the more I realize how much ADD I have. And that when we, like how my attention is just kind of like taken away by something else out of nowhere. So I, yeah, like, yeah, I feel like Doug from up. Um, and so it's important to note and tell kids like, look, um, I'm noticing this. This is what I'm seeing in class. I'm seeing that you're having a hard time paying attention. I want you to know it's not a big deal, right? We're gonna figure out a way around this that you might not fit in easily into the traditional schooling system, but that's because this traditional schooling system is broken and was not thought up for children like you, but we are going to make sure that you fit into this just fine. And then telling kids like, maybe you have your own thing. So I tell kids like, I do this all the time, man. I have a really hard time paying attention. These are things that help me figure things out. And then thinking about things like dollar store ways to help kids. I, I made a video about like, t- it's called like sped on a budget or something like that. And that, that might be worth looking at also. But essentially it's like look like creating stand up desks out of something in your classroom. Um, allowing kids to have like a small area to sort of walk around or move or stand up or, or whatever, or like, you know, move around. It's, um, giving kids breaks. It's letting students know, Hey, we have this much time for each activity. So you know how long you need to pay attention. It's about getting kids up and out of their seats as often as you can to help them move around get space, like see what's going on. And, and that's good too. It's about telling not, not getting mad when you have to give directions three times in class or four times, or sometimes five, five times. All right. You can get mad if you have to give it to five times, but you know, three to four. Okay. Because sometimes, and I noted this, um, sometimes when I'm at a meeting and someone will ask me a question, they're like, well, Reynolds, what do you think about that? And I'm like, actually, I'm thinking of the things still that you said two minutes ago, because it was kind of profound and I'm trying to, or I'm trying to process it in my head. And so I'm not right there with you. And I think, I thought that was so funny because as teachers, we always expect or want students to be like right there. Like right like, are you following along? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Do you know do you know what we're talking about right now? And it's like, no, because maybe some maybe something you said was so interesting, so profound, hit them so intently that they're like, oh, they were thinking about that and then they weren't. Or maybe you weren't saying anything profound. Maybe your lesson was boring and they're they they started thinking about swimming pools or something like that. And in that, you need to think, well, how can I step this up and make it more interesting. How can I get these kids moving and doing more stuff so that this is a little bit more interactive and that's going to hold kids attention a bit more as well. So that's, that's what I would do. Um, Catherine is asking, I, oh, I fo- oh so oh. that was the second part. I follow right. the IP as best as I can, but it's still very, very hard. So because IPs are they're they are, I think
0: Oh boy, I could have a conversation about that.
1: Because I, I think, so if we were to talk about that real quick, IEPs are, I think, very prescriptive and they are very... But they're,
0: they're also legal documents, right? Yes. So schools aren't going to put exactly what children need in there. So I, as a mom of a child who has an IEP and really, really needed his I IEP, to too. Um, I really hoped that teachers would not just solely rely on the IEP. What would you
1: like teachers to do?
0: know my kid. How it's would they know your kid? By getting to know them and who they are and how and to, who else? And asking me. Bam. I know my kid better than anybody. That's right. And I I've knew, never had a teacher I knew. That.
1: I thought that's what I was gonna say. Cause I'm like, I already know what the answer to this is because I've heard you say this before. Yeah. So really it true. is really like calling, asking that student, if you were to do great in here, what would this class look like? Or what can I do to help you out? And calling the parent and saying, what has worked before and what do I need to know about your child that would help me be the best teacher I possibly could for them. Because that they're struggling is... in
0: the classroom, they're struggling at home with the same sort of roles and responsibilities that we need our children to do as, as parents and they yeah. It's like, so we really know what works because we have to implement a lot of the things that you would implement yeah. in your classroom in our homes and our schedules and in our routines for those kids. Cause they really, really need those strict routines and schedules.
1: Yeah. Cool. What else? That's it. No, i I mean, question. Oh, here you go. All right. <laughs> uh, Maisha is asking, how do you deal with students who are disrespectful to a trusted substitute bro? I, so the other day I was out, I went on a trip with my students to go to an escape room in Philadelphia because we were talking to you about like leadership and what it means to be a good leader, what it means to be a good follower, that kind of thing. And I only could take a handful of kids, I left kids behind and whoever the sub was, let the students run around my classroom. They had, I keep a mirror uh, behind my desk, like one of those like little old beauty mirrors because whenever I blow my nose, I just want to check because I don't want to be the guy with the boogie sticking out of his nose during class because that's embarrassing. Um, and my students use it to like, I don't check their waves in the back of their head and stuff. So somebody the the sub allowed the students to play baseball with the mirror in my classroom. So of course the mirror broke, it shattered all over the room. I came in the next day and I couldn't find my mirror. There were a couple of other things missing. There've been times when things were stolen. Things were like, um, When I was out the other week, like someone, I have like these really expensive speakers on the wall for my hip hop class. Somebody let the students turn them all the way up with the bass and it it blew the speakers out. Um, I've had things like broken in my room recently. And so to me, it's about one, communicating with the sub that when you're out, please leave detailed notes as to who did what and what happened in the classroom. And, what, and like, like give, me a, give me a sense of what's going on. I don't want you to feel like you were in this alone. I don't want you to feel like you hate when I'm not there and now like you don't want to cover my class because the kids were, were not behaving. That's one. Two, it's about going into your class and having a conversation with the students. Like, yo, you all like represent me when I'm not here. And you're representing your parents and your family as well and the school. And so if I can't trust you, then I'm going to need to just pull back on anything fun or interesting in class. And we're going to have to like reset this thing. So that class this week coming up, I have a number of really interesting things that we're going to do in class and they're just not going to do them. We're going to just do things differently in that class where it's going to be a lot more subdued because it's like, look, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in like punishment per se. I'm far more interested in having the conversation, but the other week when a bunch of things got broken in my classroom and I wasn't there for a conference, um, I went back in and I had to like break it down for the kids. Like, yo, yo look, this room is completely made by me. I made all the things in here that somebody else didn't come in and like make those bookshelves. Like I went and bought the plywood and I cut it down and I put it all together. I think I said this in another video, but like, um, th- those were like all of that's all the stuff I did. And so for you to come in and, and act so reckless and careless, uh, and disrespectful towards me and, and in this classroom, is really hurtful. Like I I make this because, I make my room look the way that it does because I know that most classrooms don't and I know that school sucks most of the time. And so I want students to have a great place to go and sit and be and feel comfortable. But when I find out that that's not the case, that you're being disrespectful, bro, you can't. So those dudes like weren't allowed to eat lunch in my room on Friday. And this week will just be a little bit different. Like they're not going to be allowed to eat lunch in my room. They won't be able to eat breakfast. They can still come and talk to me if they need to talk to me or see something, see me about something. But, um, that's like, so I think it's more about having conversation with the students more than anything to just let them know, like, these are my expectations and this is why, uh, and that's that. Uh Um,
0: T Lee is saying, how do you not deflate emotionally when your classroom gets damaged like that after working to build up the relationships and then they play baseball with your stuff? Uh,
1: so I don't. I get really pissed off. And I was really upset last week <clears throat> when that happened. And it, so it was two weeks in a row. So that, the reason that this particular class is being held accountable so severely is, <clears throat> excuse me, because earlier in the week I had, uh, or the week before, is when a number of things got broken. And when I wasn't there and that, and I had the conversation and I don't think the students really realized like when I said like the driftwood tree was made out of driftwood from the river down the street from my house that I had to go get in my son's wagon, drag it all the way back to my house, clean it, drive all the way to Philly to my school to set it up and then try all these pieces and cut them to size and cut pieces off. So it would all fit together and be this beautiful thing. Like it took hours and hours, that was probably what?
0: It took so long Some to be li- agonized sometimes over each piece <coughs> and argued. And <laughs>
1: it took forever. It was, they were
0: long to build. Yeah,
1: and those bookshelves took so long. I had to make my little better. ass backyard. I have them all set out on plywood benches that I made. And I'm painting them and putting them together. So sometimes it's painting the picture for the students. And if they don't care about that, then that's a whole nother conversation. But I really think that it's like breaking it down for kids and reminding them of like, look this is my stuff. Like I worked really hard to create it. And now you're just like haphazardly, like not caring for it. Then bro, you lose the privilege. And, and, and I'm really disappointed that you would like, like, I thought, I thought our connection was stronger than that, than like what you're kind of showing me. And what you're showing me is that I don't matter that much at all. And that my room that I created for you doesn't really matter that much at all either. So I think we need to pull back on your ability to enjoy it as well. Um, Amanda is asking, how do you help those kids in your class who are reading below grade level? I get them any book that they want to read that is a good book for them to read. So there's a lot of those sort of like high interest, uh, low level books that are, are easily connectable to students. And I've had that has had a great like has had the ability to really help students out to connect with with literature. So when I and so sometimes it's like, look. I want you to read more. And a lot of times kids that read really below grade level don't want to read at all. <clears throat> so it is about get, letting them pick whatever book they want sometimes. And if those kids, sometimes those students, if they finish that book, I just give it to them because it's like, it's worth the $10 investment to get someone to read a book. Sometimes also I will do um, audio books. So if a kid, if we have an iPad in the classroom or or a computer that a student can follow along in the book and listen to the audiobook. Sometimes that helps them to focus and it helps them their fluency to get better. Why am I so, I'm so verklempt this evening. You'd love
0: to say that word.
1: <clears throat> it's really ridiculous. I think I just, that was gross. <laughs> so that, those are two things that I would do to try and help those students out. Um, and look real quick. Audiobooks. That's what I just said. Oh, you did. Yeah. Audiobooks. So, uh, Follow, you should go follow my friend Jen Jones on Instagram if you don't follow her already. Jen Jones is, she calls herself a book pusher and she talks a lot about this and talks a lot about like how to get kids excited. And I, I would say, I would argue to say Game Changer by Colby Sharp would be a good help as well because he talks about that in here too. And it's about being excited about books. Like when your books come in, when your Amazon shipment comes into the classroom, like doing a, an unboxing, um, talking about all the books that you're reading, talking about like bringing in, I, br- I bring in books and I go, yo, I'm reading this book right now. I gotta read you this one part, like before we even get into the lesson today, it's so good. And you're just constantly being excited about books and being a book pusher in your classroom. Um, how are we gonna give this away?
0: Um, I think if uh, I'm- I i
1: do wanna make him jump through hoops or anything like that.
0: No, I don't either. I just, it's for anybody who's watching live. I think if you are interested in the book, put a thumbs up emoji and then I'll random... There's a random... Okay. Generator so if you would
1: like to get this do. book by Colby Sharp, if you think that this would help you, or if you know someone that it would help, uh, just put a thumbs up in the comment section. And whoever's watching this live will pick someone at the end through the random
0: no, picker out.
1: I know, it does that oh, yeah. thing. It does... Like, you put the names, like, in a thing, and it, like, magically picks one of them. And then we'll... Um,
0: I'll get in touch with you through YouTube. Um, We'll probably just post it on the community board. Yeah, I'll
1: post your name and then just hit me back. Give me your mailing address and I'll ship it to you. Yeah. Uh, Jub Jub, five (laughs) zero one. (laughs) Unicorns. What she said?
0: She said it reminds her of the Great Alligator Giveaway or something. We did something similar.
1: Oh yeah, but th- some of those and people then she didn't. Goes, I was right. Oh
0: yeah, yes. a lot of people didn't ever respond to my. I said you like, won. And publicly they...
1: announced that they won and they just didn't get back to
0: us. Yeah, that's okay. Whatever. They want their
1: water pistol. Um, hey Reynolds, I really appreciate your positivity. There are so many negative videos on teaching on YouTube. There are. Thank you very much. I try. I like actively try to do that. Um, so it's not by accident. Although I don't. I'm like not a very negative.
0: No, that's just your personality as well. Thanks. Mm. It sounds
1: better when you say it, because I just don't like, uh, I would love to know what you would do to fight the high teacher dropout rate. So I think that's a great question. I think one, um, look, I think the work that I'm really getting into in this next stage of my life. So I think life has stages or seasons. Um, and in this next season of my life, is really caring for teachers. I see, even in my own school, there's so many great teachers. Like whether it's my friend Miss Flounders or my friend Hannah on the hall, or um, you know my buddy Mr. Bluth that used to teach there, or Yonkers or Cho, or like all these great people, finds that are like really doing good work, really caring about students. And, and staying late and coming in early and buying them shoes or getting them lunch or staying late to tutor them or helping them with their project or whatever it is, there is so much going into students sometimes and there is very little going back into teachers. What's going back into teachers is lame ass PD, is tired curriculums, is no freedom, is no excitement in the classroom. And so I heard Jerry Brooks speak the other week, uh, he's that guy on Instagram that like makes all those fun and always like this and stuff. And he was saying um, good test scores, something to the effect of like how good test scores don't make schools better. Good schools make test scores better. So meaning um, doing things like stop limiting the number of copies that people can make on the copy machine with the copy number. Stop um, policing people's lessons so hard if they're just trying something like celebrate failure. There needs to be this collective effort to celebrate failure, to see teachers trying stuff, falling flat on their face and going, here's what I saw what you did. Let's talk about that and figure out how we can make it better the next time, but like then let's make it better the next time instead of just beating people over the head and saying like, what was that? That was a total waste of, of, of energy um, or of time. And so that that's a big thing. Um, I think letting teachers have more autonomy in the classroom that look, Your scripted curriculum is not going to work for everyone because there's so many students that are just left of center that don't do things like that, that you can't ever have. Your program's not going to work for everyone. Your curriculum's not going to work for everyone. Your idea of the way that you kind of like have kids sitting or whatever, like it's just not going to work for everyone. So allowing teachers, you don't even have to give them money for it. Just let them try what they want to try with minimum pushback i had someone email me recently and ask like we did a, we talked about what are we talking about oh ju- i think it was juxtaposition i was trying to explain in class and so there's this j cole video <clears throat> where they talk about uh it's called crooked smile it's not for everyone but it is essentially j cole in the video plays a drug dealer who's like um getting up in the morning and he's having breakfast with his daughter and this police officer is getting up in the morning and he's having breakfast with his daughter police officer is white j cole is black um and it kind of walks through their day until you get the sense at the end towards the end of the video that the dad is a drug dealer and the and the other dad is a cop and so it is this juxtaposition and so we talk about that but some people were like ah, the video is kind of violent at the end and like i'm not sure what to do with that and like um or the song or, or like they had issues with what I was talking about. So I said, well, do whatever song you want. And somebody, the guy in the email, do you remember this? No. Was like, I, whenever I listen to a song in class, I have to check it with the school board. It takes about three weeks for them to get yes. back to me on whether or not I can do it.
0: I wouldn't even go through and that I'm process. I would just do it so anyway. So like, here's the problem
1: with that. Uzi just dropped, Lil Uzi, for those of you that know, he's a hip hop artist, um, just dropped an album the other day, and somebody else did too. Um, I forget who has a new al- who had a new album that came out the other day. I immediately listened to the album on Friday because that's all he listened, he dropped it in like the middle of the day on a Friday, which made everyone lose their mind. Everyone was talking about it. So during lunch, I listened to the album.
0: Yeah.
1: I was able to talk to the kids about it. It's not my jam, people. I don't listen to Lil Uzi. It's not like my. It's not like the, something like his style of. Hip-hop is, like, what he talks about is, like, it's not my jam, but I listen to it for the students, right? And then I, like, I still love hip-hop, I still appreciate hip-hop, but there's, like, rock music I don't listen to, even though I like rock music also, but my kids will be like, Reynolds, you have to listen to this, and I'm like, oh, this isn't really my jam, dude, because I'm 43 and I'm not 15 anymore. So my point that I'm making is that when we're limiting people's ability to try stuff, um, that really hinders them. If you have people showing up to work, feeling creative and alive and awesome and fun and they're trying new stuff, that's going to be really fun. And I think celebrating those wins too. It's too many times teachers are doing awesome stuff. And even as teachers, we're not celebrating one another enough to say, dude, that was awesome. Too many times it's about like, what are you doing? and how you're, what you're doing awesome is making me feel bad. And instead it should be like you going to that person saying like, no, I a hundred percent admit that what you're doing is freaking amazing. And I want to be a part of that. Or how, like, can I share some ideas with you and, and you give me some feedback? I think that's the way to go with things. And you know, when you create a culture like that, that I've done with just a few teachers, even in my school, that like Cho and I, Cho will say, I have to teach this I don't know how to make it fun, what should I do? And then we talk about it. Or if my uh, co-teacher now, Miss C, something will come up in the week and I'll say, dude, we're doing this, Like, what do, we think you, should, what do you think we should do with this to make it more fun and she'll come up with a great idea and then we run with it. And that's, it's awesome, it makes it more collaborative and not just like competitive. Um, playing the blind card is asking any word yet on whether the book will be available in other formats such as audio or ebook. All right so this is a great question. Um, there are a number of teachers that follow me or, or students that are either visually impaired or they are blind. And um, I'm not sure if those are exactly the same. I don't know if I said that like I don't know if that counts as the same thing. anyway I, I just I, I want to be like correct. Uh, so here's what I was told that. They can do an audiobook, but it's based on wh- how well the book does initially. Anyway, so if the book does well, because it's a significant cost to the publish that. to the publisher to do this, that's an that's an issue. I'm trying to figure out if I could just pay for it, and then it would be. But I don't know how like I would be able to then sell that if it's something that I made. Um, cause they said, what it was, it I don't was think it that between like do that. six and $10,000 to do it or something like that. Like to do yeah. it like legit to have somebody do it and then it cut just out. Means everybody
0: needs to buy the book <laughs> um, to go support it. So it can become an audiobook. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not something that will be available right away. Yeah. It's based off of how well the they said
1: it takes like is. a few months to see like how well it does. And I, I think the only other person I know of on, on DBC is Hamish Brewer has an audiobook, but I f- want to say he did that himself.
0: No, I don't think he did.
1: You think the publisher did it?
0: Ooh, you should DM him and ask
1: him. I should ask him. Um, um,
0: but I yeah. think it also will be available as a Kindle to purchase, like right on Amazon.
1: Yeah, the Kindle right will away. be on there. And I think that has text to speech anyway. So it's like, you can hear someone else read it like this, um, which is better than nothing. I mean. There are, are – yeah. my students listen to that stuff all the time because it's just easier for them. There you go. Uh, which
0: why, – why can't
1: – seriously. Serious question. With the Googles and the Alexas and the world and all that's in Siri, how come no one sounds like C-3PO? <laughs>
0: right?
1: Like, I would listen to everything. Stop it. Human-cyborg relations. Um, <laughs> Erica is asking, my daughter's kinder class – Has had a rotation of subs since October. Oh, my goodness. Um, The class hasn't learned anything new since, and I can believe that. Recommendation on materials to catch her up for the summer for first grade. Look, Erica, I would say this. Anything you haven't learned in kindergarten is not a big deal. If you think back, right? Like I I don't know how old you are, but my kindergarten was half day, and it was literally... Like relational social skills.
0: Yeah, but that's not and what kindergarten is no, anymore.
1: But I but I but look it's
0: wrong, but that's not we, what it is. But we
1: what we're doing is, and I'm not saying Erica is doing this, but like mm-hmm. I think schools are pushing this and they make teach parents anxious because your kid like can't do a thing in kindergarten. And we're like, whoa! Like, like the fact that like I know students, I know kids that are 13 that can't tie their shoes, right? So so what? Like, what are they going to grow up like incapable of like living life because they can't tie their shoes because they're like they're, they're they're. What am I thinking of that processing thi- yeah, piece like, isn't there to like think of process. how to do that. Yeah, they can't do those multi step processes. Um, I'm just not worried about it that if somebody can't read when they're in kindergarten or do basic math, I think it's OK. What I would here's the thing that I think all parents should be doing, whether their kids in kindergarten or in sixth grade. As as parents, we can't just solely hand education over to schools. What we have to do is instill in our children a love of education, a love of learning and of reading and of getting excited about stuff. So I think the best thing that you can do with your child is like look at things differently. Teach them to look at the world creatively or, like, or in an interesting way. Um, read with them constantly, which is what Colby Sharp would say in his book, Game Changer. Um, it's, uh, you're reading with your kids all the time. You're listening to podcasts. My wife listens to a podcast with my kids called six minutes, which is really great. If you have elementary kids and guess how long it is six minutes, you can have the most ADHD kid in the world. You put the, which we have, we which, like our kid is and like, he's
0: totally locked in. Yeah. And well, he'll listen to
1: about 10
0: of them yeah. in a
1: row. And he'll just listen to a whole bunch of them until like he gets tired of it and then he moves on. And then we listen to it the next time. So stuff like that is available and um, just, I think it's about helping kids to enjoy learning um, and just reading with them. I think reading's the number one thing. Uh, Tien Tran, where have you been? I've not seen you on here in a while and we I'm happy that you're back. Is asking strategies to bounce back from a bad lesson. Lesson that I had, oh, that's a great question. Lesson did not go how I wanted at all, and I could tell the observer wasn't impressed, but they didn't want to give me real suggestions or feedback. Of course they didn't, because that would create an awkward conversation, which most of us try and get out of. So I would say a couple of things. One, when something doesn't go well, be willing to just say it didn't go well. And in my book, I have this story about how I had this particular lesson that I was so excited about. I did it in student teaching, and it crushed I did it my first year of teaching and it did not go well at all. The kids hated it. And what I learned was that one class might perceive something as awesome and another class thinks that it sucks. And so just like one kid might love Taylor Swift and the other one thinks that she's terrible, right? It's like it's beauty is the eye of the holder sort of thing. Um, and so when I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about um, being able to trash a lesson telling the kids, you know what? I I wanna say real quick, this is not going well, right? This is like not what I sort of envisioned. How could we make this better tomorrow? That's your exit ticket or telling the observer, look, I need some real feedback on this. This is, this is what I planned out. This is what I thought was gonna happen. This is what actually happened. And I'm not sure how to bring, like how to bridge the gap there. And that will really help you in, in getting real feedback from someone. Cause what you're doing is you're allowing them the, uh, the space to speak to you in a way that is like, that you're gonna, um, be able to learn and grow and understand and say like, you know, what would you have done differently if that was your lesson, you know, or, or like, what do you do when a lesson bombs and asking the observer? And so here's how that's going to benefit you in your job. Because the next time they're going to know that you want real feedback and they're going to be critically looking at your lesson in a, in a way that's going to allow them to have a conversation with you about how to do better. And they'll be able to see if you can grow. So one of the things we can't do on, on social is like, see how people are growing and that individual will be able to show up next time and say like, Hey man, like you really took this thing and you did a, B and C and your lesson was much better and it went much better this time. And so that, that will just make everything better which is better for everyone trust me it's all better next question it's on there it's in my hand Catherine is asking I really think you should read the questions I think <clears throat> it would be better
0: no keep going
1: and people would like to hear your voice no keep going it's beautiful hmm. are you eating pistachio nuts <laughs> I am
0: and they're chili and they're making my nose run <laughs> wait
1: oh they're like
0: my mom bought them they're chili lime flavor oh, they're delicious oh, so
1: they just were sprayed with a chemical
0: Oh, they are tossed in real chili and lime powder. Trust your mouth. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I have another question, of course. How to teach a class that has a very wide range of abilities some understand very quickly and others don't. I think the best way I've found to deal with that is by getting books that are varying abilities and having students read them. Um, varying. So, look, all kids are good at something. So, it's like creating projects and, um, and exercises where students are, have choice in what they're going to do. So like someone might not really do well at, they might not be artistic, but they can like, um, film something and, and project and like come in and do a presentation or they can do, I don't know, what, whatever other like activities you're trying to do. Um, the other thing is small groups. So I don't do more than three people. I know there are groups that you can put more kids in, Um, I find that more than three fourth kid doesn't do anything and fifth kid just goes to sleep and so if you have three students and they're reading or they're working on something or they all have individual activities that they're supposed to be responsible for groups of three really help and then you you pick those don't let the kids pick those so you pick like someone who's a strong reader or strong in that content area someone that is weak and like really weak and someone who's like right in the middle somewhere and that's going to Make a good partnership for students to do well, and I think that helps a lot. A uh, arena, arena, arena. I don't know <laughs> if I'm saying that right, but that's I just made that. There you go. Uh, question. Hi Reynolds, I'm halfway through my NQT year. What's that? <laughs> There's so many acronyms in education. Oh,
0: no, I don't know.
1: Uh, and I didn't do. While setting boundaries and embedding a routine. Uh, Do you have any ideas on what first steps should be? What my first step should be on my NQT. So we're just going to say that that... I don't know that that matters. She said don't worry about it. All right. So... All right. Halfway through. All right. So look. I'm going to say this. I love this question. I love this question because I realized that...
0: Oh, new qualified teacher?
1: Okay. So if you don't do well initially a lot of books a lot of teachers would have you think that like it's a wrap man might as well just call it a year because it's not going to get any better for you and i don't think that that's true i think the fact of the matter is is that you can change things tomorrow i think the way that you do that is to set boundaries is to just set boundaries right like my neighbor didn't used to have a fence and then he got a fence and i it was weird at first, and now it's just a fence outside of my room. And so, kids get used to things a lot quicker than we give them credit for, um, and we think it's going to take a long time for them to get it. Uh, I think starting small and building is the way. So you're you're sort of scaling what you're doing, and you're having a conversation about why you're doing it. It cannot be because no. Even if kids are just, even if you have a class that you think is just bad, or you think they're just like not like nice people. It always has to happen with a conversation because I don't think kids are just bad. I think that we all are who we came from, right? Like, or who we choose to be. So when you're young and you are coming to school and you live with your parents and it's a dysfunctional household or it's a, it's an enabling household or whatever, then you come in and you act accordingly. It's not a mystery as to where they come from. Uh, Someone once told me that black cats have black kittens. And that was so profound to me. Cause it's like, yes, you are who you came from. Like, like that I was going to make a tree analogy and then I couldn't think of anyway. Um, so I think it is, hey, look guys, I'm noticing we're about halfway through the year and there's some things that like, I haven't done right, right? Like I should be holding you accountable for X, Y, and Z, or I should be holding myself accountable for certain things. So going forward, there's a couple of changes and I want to talk about what they are and why we're doing them and don't make this a long drawn out lecture because you're going to lose kids. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is up until now, I've been letting kids hand in stuff that's late. And the thing I think is wrong about that is because, um, all the students that are doing stuff on time are feeling like they're not like, there's no reason to do stuff on time. There's no stuff, no reason to hand things in on time. So going forward you have until this time or this date to hand stuff in after that under any circumstances or less your house burned down and your dog died like you can't hand stuff in late it's having questions like that and giving the kids your why because when students know why something's happening then they're more apt to do it especially if you're not doing it as an authoritative figure like all right listen everyone things have gotten a little crazy around here and from from now on this isn't happening anymore i'm not playing right? You don't want to be like the substitute teacher from key and peel because that's not going to get you what you want. Kids, I think are hungry for people that are being real, that want to have real conversations that will just shoot straight with them and say, look, man, I am, this is for your own self-interest. Like I'm looking out for you and this is why, and this is how I'm going to help you get there. And this is how we're going to do stuff. And so I think, um, <laughs> I just saw unicorns con- comment. A Ron D nice. Um, so
0: I just think that it's
1: that simple. It's as simple as having a real conversation with your students. Anyone that gives you pushback, you say, look, I'd be happy to talk to you about this. If you want to stay after class or if you want to ask questions now, let's have the conversation. This isn't me being, it's not a dictatorship, right? It's, it's us having a conversation like any other community would be if they were changing rules or procedures in a classroom. And it's that simple. Um,
0: I think one of my favorite things I just want to add on to that is um, what Darius Daniels, his endorsement for your book and like what he said about teaching. And I think it's so true. Like teaching is like you have to be able to effectively teach. It's through the heart. It's not just through the brain and the content. And I think that that is what is missing a lot in education.
1: But I think it's scary to people. And I think the funny part is when you realize that it works. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. Like, when you realize that you don't have to come in with an iron fist and like crush kids into submission and you can just talk to them and have a conversation with them, it changes everything because you're, it's like, oh, I can just be like a regular person and not like. And connect. You don't have to be a dictator. (laughs) Um, And look, sometimes dictatorship stuff works for people. Like, that works for Cho, but she balances it well when she's like, being really super hard on kids and um following up with kindness and they know comes that from love. that's the thing too the right game. like we all have a different love language and right. mine is just far more laid back than a lot of other people's sometimes i went off on a class last week i was pissed well,
0: i think some um, kids need it right like i and, love my kids but sometimes i have to like yell at
1: and my it, kids <laughs> and so and that comes into another level of like knowing what kids you can raise your voice with knowing what kids you should never raise your voice with knowing right. what kids you need to talk to know what kids you need to give space to it's about having that intuition to know how to deal with individual students but as a whole i think just having conversations works really well yep. uh nicole saying advice for student teaching tackling the uh ed tpa right now so nicole i would say um i have two or three videos on student teaching i would go watch those on my channel um but overall it's about i think like you can check those out and if for those of you that don't know on YouTube if you go to the top and it says like you videos wait, about wait, community wait you
0: cannot do that on a mobile you have you can only do oh, that okay. on a desktop
1: okay so um, but if you type in real rap with Reynolds student teaching even those videos will show up i think it's about having fun and i think it's about treating those students like they're like um, they're not practice which a lot i see a lot of student teachers do and um trying from like right now from the first day being the teacher you always wanted to be that's what you want to do because when we are when we don't when we play it safe in the beginning when we go no you know what wait until i get tenure or i have the job and then i'm going to be the teacher i always wanted to be it's terrible advice and people tell student teachers that all the time and i just think it's an awful idea Start now, being the teacher you always wanted to be. Right? It's not. It, that's like waiting to live your life one day. Like live your life now. Um, tell your boyfriend or girlfriend who you are now and share that now. And don't mm-hmm. make them wait a year. That's creepy and weird. You know, you look like a serial killer. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what I would do. Go full tilt now. And um, it'll feel a little weird, but you know, it's like. Uh, it's like a lot of things. It's like dancing at a wedding, right? Like in the beginning, it feels all weird, and of course, you're drunk when you do that, and you know you probably shouldn't be drunk at school. But like, you can do that, uh, and and then, you know, you, you just get used to it. You just get used to it. And I say that as someone that you know is first on the floor at weddings now, because I love weddings, because it's like proms for adults. Nicole Jennifer Nicole is asking suggestions for teachers with no curriculum. I teach ESL and spend so much time lesson planning because I was giving no materials. Uh, I make everything from scratch. So Jennifer, I would say that that's the first thing that I would change is stopping stuff from scratch, right? Uh, And I say that because I used to do the same thing. Here's what you're gonna do. The cake is always the same. What's different is the icing. What's different is the way you're decorating the cake. So if you're teaching short story, short stories are all the same it's like beginning, middle and end. It's plot development. It's imagery. It's irony. It's conflict. It's all of these same sort of literary terms. It's all the same, but what are you putting? So if that's the cake, right? If that's the, the, the meat of it, right? Which meat cakes are weird. Don't make one of those. Um, cause that would, that would probably be a hot pocket, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the cake is the same, but what is the icing you're gonna put on? What are you gonna to do to make that cake look appealing to other people? I've had a lot of cakes in my life; it didn't look appealing. They looked like crap, and it didn't look like it made me want to eat it. Um, and so, but if you know, so sometimes my daughter, who's not watching this, will make some brownies, and they they look a little they look a little shady. I'm not gonna lie; they look a little bit off, but I know they were made with love. I know my kid made them, so they taste. Like I'll, I'll eat something wacky that my kids made because they made it for me because they know it was me with love. Right. And so sometimes students will go along with things cause they know that you love them and they will just go along with what you're doing 2 um, I'm not like, look, I, I stop. You don't have to go make, if you're a brand new baker, you don't have to go like, buy, this, this is, this is maybe a good analogy and maybe okay. a weird analogy. Are you ready for this one? Okay. You don't have to make the cake from scratch. Go get a Betty Crocker cake. Put some egg and flour in it, or you can really skip some extra steps. And I think there's like two versions, right, where you can like, right, like don't they have like it's like totally like you can it's just like nail pancakes. It in.
0: You can either have just add water, yeah. or add the one with milk and eggs. But
1: <laughs> if you get if you buy the Betty Crocker cake, like you type in Lord of the Flies lesson plans, that are great, um, great algebra lesson plans. People put stuff, there's tons of stuff for free. You don't have to go on TPT and spend all your, your teacher dollars, but like go online for free, find stuff, use it, and then sprinkle your own magic on it. Then you put your icing on it and that's going to save you tons of time and it's going to make it more fun. For for anything out there, you just type it in. And I, a little added bonus, I type DOC at the end, which is going to give you a document. So if I'm looking for lord of the flies study guide chapter five doc it's only going to pull up documents for that particular thing so if you're whatever you're teaching um could be molecules or i don't know whatever other people teach besides english um they that's what i would put in and that's going to save you a lot of time and effort and then you are you don't get extra credit for creating your own thing but in looking at what other people are doing and trying a bunch of other stuff that that's kind of what you're doing and then It's like, well, where in the class, where, like, so instead you take that lesson plan real quick, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. You take that lesson plan and you think, where in the school could I deliver this information that would make it more interesting? Um, What could I make the classroom look like? Could we black out the windows? Could we sit on the floor? Could we be under our desks? Could we be in the lunchroom? Could we be in the, under the bleachers? Could we be on the football field? Could we be down the block? Could we go into the hallway? Could I only allow access to students to know the answers to certain things or, or whatever. Like, how could you make it fun and engaging for students? Um, and it's the same old cake, but how are we dressing that up? There was a time when we were so broke, my wife and I, that I, the only thing I could te- feed my children was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. For lunch and f- sometimes for dinner, we did not have enough money my first year teaching to have anything besides peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So when I knew my kids, I could feel the boredom creeping in. Do you remember when I used to do this? Mm -hmm. So I would take cookie cutters and I would make, I would say, yo, for dinner, who wants snowmen for dinner? Snowmen sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Or, um, do you remember this one? We had these forks that had a little mermaid on the end of them, right? (laughs) And so the kids would argue about it and they, but it made like eating. We like
0: had one. We had, because- he yeah Someone but then we were still mar- eating
1: macaroni and cheese or something like that it was every night for dinner so it was i would take different things and tape it to the a regular fork so then it would be like a banana with a fork taped to it so it's still a fork right but you just jazzed <laughs> it up made a banana fork. oh we don't have another little mermaid fork but you know what we got banana fork and that's what the kids would use and that was awesome and so i think this thing that's a good way to kind of do that uh John Lopez is asking, sending you good thoughts for your... Oh, that's not a question. That's just John Lopez loving someone. Mm
0: Oh,
1: that one. Okay. Uh, Bubba the Raider. You win best name of the night. Bubba the Raider is asking, my wife and I recently had a miscarriage and I'm pretty devastated. I also have a ton of pressure on me to change and fix the way that the ELA is laid out on my school. Advice for balancing and any pt ideas what's pt what do you mean by pt i'm not sure but just just type it in there real quick and i'll see it um because that could be a couple of different things uh look i I think
0: first of all i'm really sorry that you all had a miscarriage that is i have had one and it is one of the most lonely and difficult things to go through
1: because it doesn't end
0: well like and i don't think
1: i think the devastating part and nobody talks
0: about right or nobody knows what to do with you it's like do i say something yeah not say something it's just very difficult and it's still a loss whether you expected that baby or didn't it's just it's just not it's just heartache and i'm sorry
1: you're i I think even as a couple it's a weird thing to kind of have a conversation about Mm -hmm. and then it comes up forever after that Mm -hmm. where you think like oh the baby would have been five now like i still i I still do that and i know we talk about it sometimes. have a name for that baby, and it's a little bit—we're a little extra with it, but um I think that that's really hard, and I think people don't know how to engage with you for it. So that's one. Um, I think, and I have a video I recorded, but I just haven't put it out because we—we've had three major deaths in the family in the last 14 oh, months. PT
0: is professional training. Okay. I guess he's in charge of professional.
1: Training. Okay. So um, I look. I'm just really in a space in my life where um, I go to school and I do the best that I can and some days I'm not feeling it. And my class, if you can tell from my videos and from maybe even the live feed, like uh, it's about the energy, it's about the act, it's about the show in the classroom, it's about doing all this crazy stuff and like getting kids involved and and um, as much as possible. But when that happens, like when Um, my brother-in-law died uh, a couple weeks ago and that has set me on this crazy ride of emotions. And it's like, some days I go to school and I just don't feel like it. And so I do the best that I can, but that's all that I can do. Um, and so, and I don't care if anyone doesn't like it. Like I give zero shits. If like people at school don't like that, if they're upset about it, if the kids don't like it. Um, and I'll remind them like, look, I can't like,
0: you're a human being,
1: you're a human being. And I think we try to get over these things quickly because life gets back to to ordinary. But here's the thing, the rest of the world gets back to ordinary, to usual, to, you know, things as planned very quickly. Those of us that are really connected. Those of you that like are out there that have had a miscarriage where you're thinking about the baby and planning the room and rethinking your life. And like, man, we need a car seat and all the shit that we need. And like, um, we had to start thinking about like, do we need a new car? Our car is good for two kids, not for three kids. And like, we only have two kid bedrooms upstairs. Like oh, someone's going to have to we double We decided up.
0: to not have any more kids and we got rid of all the baby stuff. All the baby house. stuff. So
1: like, that's an investment all of a sudden. And then <laughs> to find out that it's not happening is like, is so devastating that it's like people get, tired of your devastation. So I think that it's it's about connecting with people that care. It's about being really kind to yourself and giving zero shits. If you're not doing the best job that you can, because you know, in your heart, right, you know, in your heart that you want to do the best job that you possibly can, that you want to be the best teacher you want to be the best teacher trainer. You want to be the best school community member. Um, but when you just don't have it, You don't have it right. Like my, I'm always saying this, like my friend, Elise's dad says, if the car ain't got gas, nobody's going anywhere. And I just think that's so important. And so it's about putting back into yourself and it's about loving, um, your spouse through this. And that's the only thing that really matters. Um, and explain that to people. Look, still feeling, I'm going through it right now. Right? Like, uh, like I'll get there. Like, we'll get back to normal life we'll get back to where it was and and we'll keep growing and changing and being awesome right now there's a hiatus in the in the world of awesome and so which is why i haven't put out youtube videos because i just don't feel like it like it's i'm just tough. it's been tough like i come home from school and that's so emotionally draining anyway because of all that secondary trauma um because with kids constantly getting hurt and in accidents and things happening in the world and like even today i got a text message when i was shopping for a couch about a student that got injured and it was like, dude, like, like I need to cut that off and just put time into my family, into my, my own self. And then that's what matters. And that's going to be the funny thing is you doing this thing that seems selfish is going to be the thing that gets you out of that anyway. Um, so yeah, just go home and love your wife every night. And, uh, that's what you should be focusing on. Um, and look, if I can help with that, if you like, look, this is actually a really good reason to go through the Facebook group too, because there's going to be someone in there that can completely identify with what you're going through. And you can maybe have a conversation, a dialogue, find someone else that's dealing with this and you can go through it with them in real time. So if you go to real with Reynolds teacher talk, it's just a uh, closed Facebook group. You can join it. It's, It's just asks you three questions just so we can make sure you're an actual educator and you're not like, uh, an education company trying to like solicit. Um, that's what I would do. And if there's anything else I can help with, please let me know. Uh, Eric is asking, I have this one teacher I teach. I have this one teacher. I have this one teacher I teach with. I was reading that wrong. Who will get really angry one moment and be smiling the next. Anyone have insight on how to deal with that? When I get mad, I feel, uh, the adrenaline and I can't bounce back. Um, so you're teaching with someone that, Right, yeah, that is like a spaz one moment and like totally chilled the other. I've just there's a couple of things you can do, you can not hang out with that person. Um, that would be maybe I like the way to go, or it's um, sort of fine. I think I, I, I think this goes back to the same thing I say about students all the time it's about going back and touching base with that individual and finding out, like, hey. I'm this is what I notice and I'm just wondering if there's anything I can do or if you're ever feeling like that and you want to talk to me or if you're feeling hurt and you want to connect um let me know like like let's do lunch together at some point or or something and in doing that you are showing compassion you're loving someone you're making them feel like they're not a total lunatic because they know what they're doing they know they're they're losing it a lot of times and you're hopefully finding someone else's story out. And when you find someone else's story out, now they have a reason, not an excuse for how they're feeling. And their whole life takes on this new look. When you know that someone lost a child, is going through a divorce, um, their kid is sick, they have autism, they want to have a baby and they can't get pregnant. Like when you know what's going on in someone's life, now it all makes sense. And you're like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. It's not like they were just born a lunatic. Some people seem like they are like some people i know i know we have friends that like uh are wonderful parents and have really difficult kids we know people that like just kind of grew up to be like an asshole but you meet their whole family and they're like your family's awesome like i don't know how this happened and maybe that did happen but i think largely finding out someone's story is the number one thing that you can do because it's going to help you to have empathy for them um where everyone else is kind of looking at them like they're just a lunatic. So that's what I would do. And stay away from negative talk about those folks. Like teachers will quite often, they like to, you know, um, misery loves company and people love to talk trash. Like just stay away from that because it's gonna it's gonna just make the whole um, thing easier. We We're gonna
0: end soon, so tell people if- that new people that came in about Okay,
1: cool, real quick. Um, I'm going to do another question or so, but uh, we need to get going because i got to eat dinner and feed my kids. Um, okay. If you just came in, I'm giving away this book. It's called Game Changer by my friend Colby Sharp. And Colby Sharp is an awesome guy. You can go on YouTube. There's his picture and there's his friend's picture um, whose name I can't pronounce. Don- that's why I haven't said it. Okay. Donnellan? Donnellan. If you watch my channel, you know I can't say anyone's name. Um, so Miss <laughs> Miller and Mr. Sharp put this book out um it's about reading and creating a culture of reading in your classroom it's really good he is really practical and he's a really great guy he has a great youtube channel that you can check out um Someone but i can... want to give this away all you have to do is go into the comment section put a thumbs up if you're watching this when it's live and we will pick one person at random and then i'll i'll post it on social so keep an eye out on social
0: on for YouTube, your on name
1: the for board. the community board on youtube and if you see your name on there, then I'm going to just ask that you hit me up. I'll get your mailing address and I'll send it right out to you. It's that easy. No hoops, no extra, like go onto my Instagram feed and like a picture and heart it and put a no. seafood emoji on there. Follow five thousand That's actually good a good idea. idea. The whole seafood emoji thing. Yeah. Um, cool. Josh, how do you approach unit design? Any pointers? Josh is, oh, that just jumped. I don't know why. Oh, dang it, um, I hope that was the question. Right. Um, Josh, one, I look at what, when I started, I looked at what other people did. So I would look stuff up on the internet. I would print all of it out and I have like a table full of papers. And then I would see what things do I need to cover to get to the test. So I always start with the test and work backwards. I reverse engineer everything. What does the test look like? What do the students need to know? And then how am I going to get them there? So I look at which documents are gonna help me get there and then which documents I like, like look like something fun or engaging or cool. And then I get rid of everything else. Then I put those in order. Um, and then I take a calendar and I mark out the days of like, if it's going to be something I'm going to do in April and it's going to take four weeks in April. Uh, I, I roughly know, um, or I have four weeks to do this. I will mark out all the days that I'm not going to be in school. Like one spring break. one's I don't know, like the birthday of some president or, or Rome or whatever else I'm getting off for. Cause we really do get off for the birthday of Rome. Um, we so we i block all that out and then i start putting in like if the test is here and the first day is here how do i get from here to here and then i just input my lessons accordingly that's how i do it every single time um and then that changes every year that you know the cake doesn't change like i said earlier the cake doesn't change but the sprinkles and the icing and the candles all that changes on top of the cake every year so how i'm gonna the presentation Uh, the prettiness of it is going to change every year, but the actual content rarely changes. Anything else before we're done? Um,
0: sure. It moved on me, so now I'm not in order. Just do this random one. Okay,
1: I will just do this random question because it moved and, and I'm sorry. I lost my where I was at. Uh, Lauren Klein is asking, hey, love your videos. Thanks, Lauren Klein. Um, currently I teach third grade, but I'm thinking about moving to high school so that I can teach more content history how do I get students to buy in? Lauren, you get them to buy in by being the teacher that you always wanted in high school. And so when you were in high school, what could you, what could your teachers have done to make class actually interesting for you? My teachers, I never had any, this, this boggles my mind. I've had really caring teachers. So, um, Mrs. Panchison in fourth grade was really wonderful. Mrs. Uh, Norman Doe in fifth grade was really wonderful. Miss, my sixth grade teacher was a little bit crazy, but, um, you know, I had teachers that were wonderful, caring human beings, but in high school, I never had anyone that did anything cool. That was memorable. I don't remember any, I remember teachers from high school, but like, I don't remember anyone doing anything awesome. Um, except Mr. Zek was kind of, was kind of, was a cool dude, but like, it wasn't like, um, I didn't have like a Dave Burgess for a teacher or something like that. Uh, so I look back now though, and I teach ninth grade literature and I'm like, you're teaching me the hero's journey and in high school everyone loved star wars or the, the when um the original batman movie or not original but the batman movie with michael keaton came out it's like why didn't you teach us through that like why didn't you teach me through something along those lines why didn't like if they, if my teachers had listened to you know related anything to pearl jam or tribe called quest or the beastie boys i would have been hooked immediately but it just never happened. And so I think that that's the game. The game is finding out what your students like and being willing, daring enough to go into their world so that you can lure them into your world of education and teach them things that they need to know through the lens of things they already care about. So that's why I listen to the new Uzi album or if Meek drops a new album or when Meek and Charlemagne the God did, our, um, did an interview on YouTube or when someone is on the breakfast club or I keep up with all that stuff. Because I want to teach through the lens of things that my students actually care about, and that's the win. That's the win for every grade, anywhere, all the time, always is going into your students' world, finding out what they like, and teaching through that lens. Um, I think it's a good place to end. <clears throat> Plus, we're seventy-five minutes in. I lose my voice, and I'm hungry. Are you hungry? Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You ready to, for dinner?
0: I don't really want to go
1: make dinner, but I guess I'll feed people. We can people. just go eat dinner. We can eat those pistachio nuts here
0: don't over there. Eaten, I've eaten a lot of them. <laughs>
1: cool. Gang, let me finish with this, please, because, I, because I'm thinking about this and I'm, and I'm hype about it today. You got into teaching for some reason. It was because you're great with students. It's because you're a wonderful human being. It's because you are able to break down content in a way that no one else can understand. It's a way because you can make boring things interesting because you can make something from nothing. And I need you to really remember why you got into this, and when you're preparing your lessons for this week, when you're trying to get through this week, when you're when you're nervous about Monday, tap back into that reason that you got into this. Because oftentimes the world, um, the school that you're in, the people that you work with will try to erase that from your memory. Right? It's like you're they're trying to like make you like everybody else in the school. And the most important thing is to stay connected to that because that is the special thing that you have been given. Right through like, I don't know what your belief is. Right. But like, that is your God given
0: gift
1: gift that you are, have been given and anointed with to, to show in school. So if you really care about students, go in and care about students tomorrow. If you're really good at breaking stuff down, make sure you're breaking down stuff. Look for that kid that no one else is paying attention to. Let them know that they are visible and that you see them and that you care and then use your gift. And that is just, I want to, it's been on my mind lately and when I'm having a hard time in school and when, and when things get dull, I just think that that's a great thing to remember. What you're, Can you make
0: an announcement and to let people know that we're going to do a new time?
1: Oh, yeah. And next week, we're going to do um, – we're going to try this at 1 o'clock next week. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Here's why. 5 p.m. I'm finding that is during a lot of people's dinner time um, and my dinner time. And um, it is uh, – and 3 o'clock last week, we tried. But – one guy good. told me he one guy told me that he takes a nap at three <laughs> o'clock he was like can you do it at five because i take a nap oh,
0: I like my man, a nap. Nap. my man couldn't take
1: a nap and man could take a nap at another time or hold off for a little bit like go a little earlier but we're gonna was, try it one and we'll
0: we'll find the i best think spot. one
1: is an interesting time because look this is going to allow a lot of other people from different time zones overseas um from the united states to 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 get in and, and be a part of this um, and it, so I think I think that's a good time, and we're we're just gonna oh, try it, right. Someone
0: just said crap one pm. Eastern is nine am. Alaska. At nine am. It's a good way to start a day. Just some coffee with wraps. Well, what if they're in school though, right? That's tough. Like if they're No, in they're class. behind us.
1: Alaska's behind us.
0: He said nine am.
1: Yeah, dude, that's behind. That's like California's a time behind us, right? Yeah, Alaska's okay. the next step. Yeah, I think, or whatever.
0: What a, Okay,
1: It's good. <laughs> Yeah. We'll
0: see. Oh, Alaska. Man, I want to go to Alaska. No, he, yeah, he's at church. Oh. 9 a.m.
1: I know. It's, so the, the, the time zone part. is really messing us yeah, up. No, no, no. <laughs> the tricky part is it's never perfect for everyone. It's not. So we'll see. Sorry, man. And if the sermon's not that good that week, just put your air butt in. Stop them, it. Don't just you dare say, it. Like, say
0: that. It, might not, it might be a little dry. No. Or you know when
1: you're waiting for your pastor. Church is more important than Real Rapids You're waiting Reynolds. for your pastor <laughs> and the other pastor shows up and you're like, oh, where's the regular, this guy's talking this week. Come on, man. You know what I'm talking about. All right. Cool. Everyone, I hope you have a really great week. Um, and that's it. Peace and that's it for this week gang look if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday night teacher talk all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m eastern standard time on my youtube channel real rap with reynolds and i'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there nothing is off the table thanks so much for your support we really really appreciate it And i hope you have a great week peace